Hey, everyone. Welcome to the podcast, Modern Couples, What Your Therapist Never Told You. My name is Rick Miller. My name is Lillian Borges. We're both therapists who love working with couples, and we love sharing what we love to do with each of you. We're thrilled you've joined us today, and today's episode is Traveling Solo. Traveling Solo. This is one that I really like, Lillian, probably because I spend a lot of time talking about it. As you know, I see a lot of gay male clients, and many of them are successful in their careers prior to COVID. They were away for work sometimes three days a week, four days a week, five days a week. And needless to say, they would come into couples therapy being disconnected, feeling like they were living two different lives. And the question is, is this okay? Is it okay to travel alone if it's for work, if it's for personal reasons? Is it also okay to travel without your spouse? I have so much to say about it, but have any reactions? No, my reaction is all of a sudden I got a little sad. I remembered a couple of relationships that I had where my partner was traveling alone and I felt neglected and I felt not important. I felt left behind and all of a sudden I felt a little sad, which is interesting, right? Because I think it is what is underneath a lot of the the conflicts that we see for a couple uh, when it comes for traveling. But tell me a little bit more. You said that you talk a lot about that with your clients. Tell me a little bit about it. I will in a moment. I just have to say I'm a little stuck on you. That is so endearing of you that you got a little sad thinking about this because you're a relational person and you like to be connected. So it just warms my heart to hear that. Oh, So my case is, oh, as I said, it's just been so interesting working with a lot of male couples who think nothing about being apart from each other and thinks that it's fine for their relationship. And it finally dawned on me at some point in being a couples therapist that we need to establish rituals with these people. For example, do you speak to each other on a regular basis? Do you text each other? Do you think because you're out of the country, it's okay not to catch up with each other? Do you send texts with photos of what's going on? And much to my surprise, many of these couples literally left town, didn't speak to each other and felt like they didn't need to because the other one was traveling or whatever. And suddenly they would be disconnected and wouldn't quite know how to come back and settle in and be okay. Yes, no, they are not. But again, it is when there is this type of behaviors, right, that the partner is trying to catch the other one, they are feeling the disconnection, they are feeling the distance, and somehow they don't feel that they can say, could you please let me know what's going on with you throughout the day? Just text me briefly. Or they did, and it was not well reciprocated or well answered. So then they stopped doing it and it causes issues. I have to say, it's been really interesting how many couples don't check in with each other. And I don't know if that's a gay thing or a non-gay thing, but I also wanted to talk about my traveling solo. I really like it. Case in point, (laughs) here I am, a room away from you where there's no echo. So we're in separate rooms 
And I left my husband at home and it just feels good to go somewhere new, to have my own friends, to connect with you and be in a new place and to be able to accumulate these experiences and share them with my husband. I remember traveling to Asia and finding a lot of women traveling by themselves, left their you know, husband at home because they were not interested in traveling abroad, going to different countries, and they were. So they went by themselves, which is in very, very gregarious and talking to us and uh, social, and it was interesting. I was just going to say, I remember you saying to me that you get lonely when you're alone in hotels, which makes sense with what you were saying at the beginning of the podcast. So traveling solo is something that you do and you can do. You're probably good at it, but it may not be your preference. Yes, I don't like traveling by myself. I feel alone, especially if I'm going for work. I don't know why. Spending the whole day teaching or teaching a workshop and then going to the hotel by myself, it feels very, very lonely. Well, it is kind of lonely and anticlimactic and nothing to process with a person who's been there with you during the day. Exactly. So it, I always like coming home and calling my partner and talking, but then sometimes there is a time difference. You cannot always do that. But you know, it's interesting. We need to understand that being that time apart is challenging for the couple. It might not be to you because you're traveling, but your partner might be feeling sad. And couples don't usually think, okay, let's plan, prepare, and execute. Well, that's where we come in. <laughs> yes. Let's think about, okay, it's going to be challenging. What can I do? And then follow through with the plan. Well, again, sometimes it's like I'm, I'm creating something brand new and I'm saying to people, keep up with each other, check in with each other regularly. How often would you like to talk? How often should you text? And it's like I've invented something brand new for people. Then the other part is the transition of coming back together. Some couples take a bit of time to warm up to being with each other again and feeling comfortable. It's not at all unusual that some couples will end up in an argument once they're getting back together again, or they're like a little distant and careful until they get used to being with each other again. The other thing that comes to my mind is that when you're the partner who's at home and your partner's away, do you go to great lengths to tidy up the house? to welcome him or her back home, to cook something, to make it a little bit special upon their entry, or is it just business as usual? Yeah, I have to say that I am guilty. When I was younger, I would feel angry when they spent too much time by themselves and would not check with me. And so when they came back, I was angry. So I wasn't very welcoming. But I changed that because <laughs> that is not healthy. What did I do? I just didn't talk much. I was not my warm self. You know, I'm very warm. And so I was not my warm self. And would you feel the ice thawing over time? And how long would it take to you for you to get back into the groove again? No, it depends on how my partner would react. 
right? If they understood, if they know that about, they know that about me already, and then they would not react in a negative way back, and they were understanding. I would be quicker to go back. But if they push me away, they get angry and, you know, and sometimes nasty, then it will take longer. Such a good conversation for couples therapy when you think about it, that you were feeling tender and vulnerable for any number of reasons. And what you needed was for your partner to understand why this was the case, and then to come up with a strategy of what he could do and what you can do to make it a little bit easier, a little softer. And just a couple conversations about this probably would have made a world of difference. That's my guess. I don't know if conversation sometimes is just give me a hug. Absolutely. That leads to one of our other episodes. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yes, right. It's just a hug. I like to come home after being away and I like my partner not to be waiting for me doing nothing, but anticipating my arrival. I like the house lit up. I like the dog making a fuss. And frequently what we'll do is we'll have a glass of wine and we'll talk about our experiences and kind of download about our time. Some of it's about what we've done. Some of it's about what it's been like being alone. I like a nice meal. And there you go. It just, it feels so nice to be treated in a special way. So you might want a hug. I don't necessarily need a hug. I think I need something more drawn out that lasts for a little bit longer. Yes. I think that we need to understand what we need to reconnect as a couple. For some people, they would need you know, the physical touch. Some people would need the conversation. Some people would need a longer period of time for the reconnection. So it's finding out how that is done. How do you do the reconnection, right? When the, the trip ends. But it's not only about reconnection after the trip. It is how you maintain, right? I think that's the, the most important Yep. Yes, it is. During the trip. Yes, it is. And then when we think about trips, going away on business is sometimes not negotiable. People frequently travel for work, even if they don't want to, and they have no choice. But for people that go away on pleasure, that stirs up a lot more resentment. For example, I'm working with a couple, a heterosexual couple with two daughters, and the mother went away for 10 days. And the father is a really good caretaker, but she didn't do a great job of defining why she was going away and why it was important. And he felt that he was being taken advantage of. And I spent a lot of time with them talking before they left about how does it feel that she's going and how does it feel that he's staying? What do you appreciate about each other in this circumstance? We talked about staying connected in a way that was meaningful and special for each of them, not just hearing about the kids and did the dog poop and all that, but also about what is it like without each other and then to plan re-entry in. And it worked out pretty good. That's lovely. You made a good point. Sometimes you have to work, but sometimes people want to travel more. And for vacation or traveling solo to meet with their friends. And sometimes 
the partner would feel excluded or would feel, oh, you were wanting to have a single life now that you were you know, married, you leave everything behind, your, your kids, your, the dogs, and all the, the responsibilities for me, and you want to keep playing by yourself, and it might feel very unfair for one of the partners. Okay, so that's one side of it. The other side of it is a partner who wants their partner to take care of themselves, and if that means traveling alone with the guys on a fishing trip or doing something that she wants or he wants, the partners actually feel delighted because they know that they can't be the person that meets all of the needs of the other person. And it's almost relieving that they're taking care of themselves, feeling satisfied and filled up in another way. Yes. That's the ideal. That is the ideal. And there are the wives who feel very relieved when the husbands leave and they do not have to cook or clean after the husbands. Well, that's all right. <laughs> Thank you for reminding me of that. I forgot to say that. One of the nice things about traveling solo is that my room stays clean, nice and neat, and it's just easy. But it, I have to admit, it does get a little bit boring. I'm a little like you in the hotel. Yeah. What do you do mm-hmm. alone? You know, it just, it does get a little tedious. Oh, I did not know that about you. So what are the takes from today, you think? The ritual of checking in regularly should never be taken for granted. It should be built in. It should be something that people do regularly, and especially with different time zones, figure out roughly when that's going to be. For some, it's texting. For some, it's FaceTime. For some, it's the phone. For some, it's Zoom. Just keep the connection going and establish a ritual of reconnection on the way home based on each other's personality styles to be able to have a more seamless entry. That's my takeaway. What about you? So it's similar to what you said. It is in in a way of plan, prepare, and think about the, the difficulties that might have with your partner leaving and plan ahead and prevent the problems that you guys had or do you think that you might have in the future. Instead of just going without thinking, I think that just prevents a lot of a lot of issues. But I I agree with you. So one more takeaway, Lillian, that you just reminded me of. Embrace traveling solo if you want to. And know that it's okay. It's not meant to be bad. It's not a weakness. It's not a sign of a bad relationship. It's really okay. Yes, yes. Okay, so I think we've solved the world problems yet again (laughs) in today's episode. And you are a delight to travel with, so hopefully you and I will travel together. More, yes. That'll be lovely, yeah. So thank you, everyone, for joining us to the Modern Couples Podcast, and we will see you next time. Take care. It was fun. It was fun. Good travels. Bye. Bye.